welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Welcome, everybody, to Advisor Talk. I am your host, Frank LaRosa, and I'm very excited for today's conversation, something that came out this week. It's something that's been on the minds of a lot of advisors in this day and age, as many advisors and our clients transition from the W-2 space to the independent space. And one of the key questions that comes up is, how do I handle all the benefits and healthcare and all those things? And I'm really pleased to have Chris Pollitz, who's the head of strategic initiatives for Financial Services Institute. Some of you may know it as FSI. They rolled out something this week, which is just outstanding. And as soon as I saw it, I emailed Chris. I'm like, I need to have you on our podcast. And I need you to talk about this because this is a major thing in the industry that I need to do my part and get it out to everybody. So Chris, welcome to my show. Thanks for jumping on in the last minute. I'm sure you're getting inundated with calls and everything. So this is great. I would say maybe half my listeners are in the W-2 space right? The other half are, are independents, RAs, et cetera. Why don't we just start with getting into sort of your background and really who is FSI? Let's just start with the basics. So dial it down for a minute, and then we'll start with the basics and then get into the sort of the topic for today. So my background is, as you can probably see behind me on the screen, I spent my first 11 years in DC as both a presidential appointee and as a Capitol Hill staffer and senior advisor. So my whole role was figuring out what do people need and what do they need in the state? What do they need nationwide? And then going and fighting for that from the version that my bosses, my elected officials thought was the right way to handle it. So that's my background. So when I came into the trade association world about 12 years ago, I was doing the same thing, right? How do I help FSI? How do I help our members get what they need beyond just our main member benefit, which is advocacy? So that gets into FSI. So FSI, the Financial Services Institute, was formed back in 2004. Our members are independent financial services firms and independent financial advisors. And some of those are also W-2 models as well. But the true thing for FSI is we represent the individual firms or the independent firms and independent advisors. So what we do is we advocate for them both on the state level and the federal level. That's what we do. If some of you are thinking, you know, I've heard of this, I can't place why I heard about them. We were one of the groups that led the federal lawsuit against the Department of Labor four or five years ago, which, and we won, and we sued the Department of Labor, we won in court. They ruled their fiduciary rule was unconstitutional. And then we worked really hard to get SEC Reg BI in place instead. So that may be where they've heard of us if they can't quite place it. I think to my audience, it's important to understand, and Kaylee, it's a question that I asked, Chris, because what we're going to be talking about today is very specific, and that is healthcare and other benefits that FSI and Chris has been able to put together in a group way. You're going to go into that. I'm not an insurance person, but I am a business owner, and so I do have my own healthcare plan, and I go through this drill every single year with all my employees and contractors, and you know, do we get healthcare as a group? Do we not? All those things. And that's a big question that a lot of our clients that go independent have. And that is, well, right now my firm pays for all of my health care, my dental and group health and group life and all that stuff. And so when I go out, that's going to be really expensive. And I'm not sure if I can afford to do that. A group plan or some people, which I think maybe you can get into how your plan 
differs than a PEO, for instance, right? Why don't we just sort of get into that and tell everybody about what you've recently rolled out. I guess you can go to advisorhealthplan.org for some of the information, and we'll give that to you guys at the end again. But go into what it is that you recently rolled out, and sort of the phase two, and then maybe come back to phase one. I want to take your direction on it, but I actually want to reverse the order a little awesome. bit. Awesome, fine. Makes more sense. You're the guest. You can do what you want. I taught all my elected officials in that, right? Don't answer the question you're asked. Answer the question you want to answer. <laughs> I think it would be helpful because people are going to hear group and they're going to remember our plans that we unveiled over a year ago and think they can't get in and that's not true anymore. So this is technically a group plan, meaning they're joining a group, but it's our group. They're not joining as a group. So you could be an independent, you could be a sole practitioner and get in. I just want to set that straight. So over a year ago, we announced our first four-way into healthcare. And they were two different group plans. And we did our homework. We knew that most advisors had staff, so they would qualify. What we found out really quickly was most of the advisors who have staff, those staff are typically on their spouse's insurance, which left that advisor as sole practitioner for all intents and purposes when it comes to healthcare because the federal government requires at least two people to get into a group health care plan. And even when they had two or three people to come in, they would have to be basically in perfect health to go through full medical underwriting and still see some kind of savings. And to find three or four advisors that are all in perfect health, it was hard to do. So we had tons of interest, very little that we could actually enroll. So very quickly last year, we started building out our own plan, a proprietary plan not just going to a couple of insurance carriers and working at a deal. So what we've unveiled is, is it is a great plan. It is for individual advisors. It's actually for licensed staff too. So if you have a CRD number, you can enroll. The way it works is you come in with your CRD number and you come in with a federal tax ID. Now, if you're a sole proprietor using a social security number, you can't use that. It's got to be something like an LLC. We don't need to see revenues going through them or anything like that. We just need the tax ID number. And then they answer 10 medical questions, which are the big things, such as, you know, do you have cancer or heart disease or AIDS? Something big like that will keep you out. But for 90 to 95% of people, they're going to get in because they don't have those big dreaded diseases or ailments. And that's a key factor. I'm not just going through the logistics, right? The biggest thing we hear so far is this seems too good to be true. How are you saving so much off of an open market plan or an Affordable Care Act ACA plan? And the answer is simple. It's not from aggregating our 30,000 members. That's not what's driving the savings. It's the fact that we have health questions. So these plans are all ACA compliant. Every bit of them is ACA compliant. And when you're doing an individual plan, ACA allows you to do full medical underwriting. We're not even doing that. There's no paramedics sent into your house. There's no med checks. It's just about 10 easy questions. It's an instant pass or fail on the website. But 5% of the country drives 95% of the healthcare costs. So by us saying, hey, we are going to effectively keep those 5% out of the plan, our independent actuaries just lower those rates way down for the vast majority of people because they know Unlike the ACA that has to take everybody, regardless of their health, we're not. So that's why, you know, the ACA was built as healthy people are going to keep people who are sick afloat in those plans. So we rarely get an email or a call from an advisor who's sick saying, I want better health care. They're comforted by the fact that they can go to the ACA. They're not asked any medical questions 
in their guaranteed coverage. This was built for those advisors who, the thousands of them for a decade who have emailed or called us and said, look, it's me, it's my wife, or it's me and my husband. Maybe there's two kids. We go to the doctors a couple of times a year. We get sick, but we don't have anything dreaded. And we're paying more for our insurance every month than our mortgage. That's who this is built for. Relatively healthy advisors who don't have a dreaded disease or major ailment, who are sick and tired of paying so much money on the open market. And what about if you're a business where you have multiple advisors? So you have a team, there's two or three advisors. Let's take the scenario of there's three advisors and two staff. How does that work? And if they're independent, if they're setting it up the right way, they each have their own individual LLCs. And then there's an S-Corp that owns the business and they're all employees of the S-Corp and that money flows to their LLCs. But that's a tax structure for another call. A lot are set up that way. And obviously working in teams is a growing trend in the industry, but not all of them are set up that way. So some of them will just have an LLC and multiple advisors in that practice will be owners of that LLC. What we're doing, whether it's an LLC or an S-Corp or a C-Corp, whatever they're in, if they are advisors in that practice, we are allowing them to share one tax ID as they come in. If there's five advisors and there's one LLC, the other four don't have to go out and set up their own LLC. They can all share that. The only difference is, is for the staff. Now, non-registered staff that do not have a CRD number, they cannot get into this plan. We have plans in the coming year or so to start a true staff plan. But right now, one of the reasons why we're driving down rates, one of the reasons why this is available in all 50 states right off the bat, including California, New York, and all those states that they may be thinking, well, not my state. No, it really is your state, is because it is regulated by one state, and that's the North Carolina Department of Insurance. And they've approved it, and that means because it's technically self-insurance, they are it's available in all 50 states. But once you put a non-licensed staff member into that plan, that could create a risk of situation or something for that practice that we don't want them to be in. Because some states will say, okay, now you got to pay for parts of the insurance and or, or part of their premium, or you have to administer COBRA if a staff member leaves. We don't want you in that position. So if you have licensed staff, they cannot share your tax ID as a practice. Only advisors can. So if you're licensed staff, you come in with your own CRD and you come in with your own tax ID, and that's how you get in. And again, if the licensed staff don't have a tax ID, go to the IRS website, go to something like LegalZoom, spend a few minutes, set one up, and then you're in. We don't care if they're six years old or if they're six hours old when they enroll in this healthcare. They just need the federal tax ID to get in. As I'm thinking about this, if I was an advisor, one of the conversations that comes up often for staff is this debate about having someone get registered or not get registered. This would really incentivize non-registered staff to get registered. If their spouse has a corporate plan with some other company, maybe they're on that plan. So it's a little bit different, but I can definitely see this being a good incentive for staff to get registered. So how is this different than a PEO plan? So one of the things that's becoming more popular in the independent space is to strive to use a PEO plan. What's the difference between this and a PEO? Generally speaking, a PEO, the advisor goes onto a PEO they're paying a fairly large annual fee or they're paying a fairly large monthly fee to get on with healthcare being one of a slew of benefits. It's typically not the focus. So they're getting, whether they want it or not, back office support and bookkeeping support and HR support and all this different stuff. And then they get healthcare too. 
And typically from the PEOs that I've seen, the healthcare savings, if there are any at all, are not very significant. So they're either the same as an open market plan, or maybe they're saving some brokerage fee. So an advisor may be seeing 2% savings, 4% savings. We knew for the vast majority of our members, if we couldn't show them at least 20% savings, it just wasn't worth doing it. For somebody to do something as personal as changing their healthcare, and I can explain this part of the plan, it's for us, this isn't an issue anymore, but it takes the advisor time to read about it so they fully understand, wow, I can go to any doctor at any time. But we know it's a personal decision. So for 2%, 4%, 5%, it's typically just not worth it. It wasn't worth our time going through it and to bring that out to advisors. So what we're showing, what we're saying in our promotions is we're seeing savings up to 50%. And I can go through the ways we get there. But honestly, like there's some areas in the country, like the tri-state New York area, there's savings for some people that are, that are encroaching 70%. A lot of it depends on zip code. So on the personal side of things, People say, hey, I like my doctor. I want to keep going. Can we still yeah. go to this doctor? And, and well, what's out of network? So my answer is there's nothing out of network at all. So the way our plan works is we have PHCS. It's PHCS. They are the largest doctors network in the entire country. And that's our national PPO. So if anybody wants to know if their doctor's in PHCS, you just Google search PHCS doctor lookup. And it's going to bring you to a site called MultiPlan. And right on the homepage, you type in your doctor's name. I can tell you from my standpoint, and Frank, as you and I talked about, it, I've got six kids. So I was looking at my doctors, my wife's doctors, and my kids' doctors. My wife's doctor was in PHCS. My kids' doctors was in PHCS. So right off the bat, they're covered right there. My doctor was not. But there's no reason to worry about that because the beauty of this plan is we use something called reference-based pricing. And that's run for a group called AMPS. It's all caps, A-M-P-S. They're a nationwide company. They've been doing this for almost two decades. They're the leader in the country at reference-based pricing, which has been around for decades. And it's a definitely a growing trend. And all reference-based pricing is a fancy way to say they pay a doctor what Medicare pays them, plus up to another 150%. So if you go to your doctor, you're going to have a really nice insurance card. There's going to be two things on the back. It's going to be a number for PHCS. So if they're in PHCS, doctor's office calls PHCS, gets their insurance number, plugs them into the system, they're in, just like any doctor visit, right, with a new insurance card. If they're not in PHCS, the doctor calls AMPS. AMPS gives them the insurance ID number, and they're in. And the only difference with the AMPS side of things is the typical carrier takes a long time to pay a doctor. AMPS pays them three-fourths of the time faster than a big-name carrier. So the doctor's not only getting the money they want, but they're getting it a heck of a lot faster using the open network. And what that really means is it doesn't matter what doctor you go to or what facility you end up at, or if you're, if you go to some facility for an MRI, something like that, right. you could go to any of those things because it's either going to PHCS or an open network and there's no higher price for the advisor to go to the open network. Another thing I would say is our carrier, which is Vault Strategies, Vault is both, both an insurance carrier they have over a million people insured around the country. And they're also a captive owner and a captive insurance company manager. Most Fortune 500 companies, they have their employee plans inside a captive insurance company and they are quote unquote self-insured. Yeah. That's what most big companies do. That's what advisors are getting into. They're getting into a captive insurance company as a B-share owner 
It's really simple. They sign one bit of paperwork and it's done. There's a personal business liability with that whatsoever to them. And they come in. That's really the significant difference is that they're basically entering into a captive insurance group as a B-share owner and it's self-insured. Yeah. They cut, and again, this is the way almost all big Fortune 500 companies do it because they don't need to go to a big name carrier with their eye-popping bonuses and their TV advertisement overhead. They create their own plan as a large company and they stick it inside a captive, just like a lot of firms do for their E&O insurance. And they run the captive themselves and they decide on their own what's covered, what's not covered. We can let somebody get a big claim and that's okay. We can eat those costs. They make all those decisions themselves. And that's the beauty of what we're doing here. In fact, this is the only way to do this in this day and age. There's no such thing as a nationwide association health plan. It doesn't exist. Nobody has one. I don't care if there's marketing out there that says we do. No, you don't. Because there's no insurance company in the country that's going to touch a nationwide AHP. And that's because the federal government or any state at any moment can just end a federal AHP. I'll give you an example. I won't say the name of the group, but about a year ago, two years ago, when the Trump administration said, we're going to allow national AHPs with only one person in them, there were some groups that jumped on that and they got thousands of people into the plan. And as soon as about 12 states sued in federal court, they had to shut down those plans, kick out all those people. And they had a struggle to go get insurance somewhere else out of nowhere. That is the beauty of our plan. It's not subject to those political wins like an association health plan is. We have started our own insurance company. It's all approved in one state, meaning no state can tell one of its citizens they can't self-insure. So they're coming in to ours and they're in in all 50 states. So that's one of the keys. The other key is what Vault is able to do is They've got long-time partnerships with these companies, like I mentioned, with AMPS and PHCS. Another one is Edison Health. So Edison Health has partnerships with Cleveland Clinic and Mayo Clinic. They were started by the founder of the Walmart plants, which everybody knows is famous. They do a great job. And they started this. Now, what they do is they have all these partnerships. So one of the benefits, just one, is let's say you are diagnosed with some dreaded, scary disease, cancer or heart disease. They say you need an amputation or spinal surgery. Instead of just going with what your local doctor is saying you need to do, they will give you a free second opinion at a Mayo Clinic. And not only is the visit to Mayo free, they're going to pay for your airfare and they're going to pay for your hotel stay. So you go to Mayo, you get the second opinion, and then Mayo will say, this is what you need. And it may be the same thing your local doctor is saying, or they may say, no, they've got it completely wrong. So another cool thing about, not cool, it's actually scary, is what the Walmart data over 20, 30 years shows and what the Edison Health data is. For example, 40% of all cancer diagnoses are wrong. You either don't have cancer at all, and they misread it, or they've got the stage of cancer you're in and the treatment plan completely wrong. And another thing is they will misdiagnose back surgeries all the time. I'm not saying they're doing it on purpose. I'm just saying they misdiagnose them all the time. So you come up with a back problem that could just need some physical therapy, a trip to the chiropractor. Shed a few pounds. I've had the same thing. Yeah, it could be any of that. And they're just saying, no, you got to go under the knife. And once you go under the knife, whether it's a transplant or an amputation or a spinal surgery, you are a patient for life of that doctor. You are a patient for life of that drug you are on. Having a free second opinion at a Mayo Clinic could change your life and yeah. they get it free under our plan. 
So wow. we have this whole myriad of partners put together that we think that just makes this plan revolutionary and people are going to love it. But again, the key is go to any doctor and it's either going to go under PHCS or it's going to go under our open network. And that's one of the beauties of coming into this plan. Here's a question that probably people are thinking about as they're listening to this. So you're that person that went through that major issue. You had a major issue. You made it through. What's the percentage of participants that will get dropped from this plan? And can you drop for participants? So behind the scenes, our carrier doesn't want to drop anybody. And their thought on this is, look, if somebody's in a car accident or they get some big debilitating thing that they get treatment for during the year and they've overcome it. It really, in any insurance company's mind, it's that's a sunk cost. It's not a reoccurring cost because they've been healed, cured, in remission, that type of thing. Most of the time, we're just gonna we're gonna let them stay in, no problem. Let's keep them in. I want to be much more conservative about that. So, ACA compliance with a self-insured individual plan is we cannot kick somebody out mid-year. That's illegal. But when it comes back time for renewal. We could say to them, I'm sorry, you're racking up millions of dollars in claims. We can't renew you because you are going to start seriously driving the rates up for other members if you stay in the plan for years. So technically, we are allowed to do that. And technically, it can happen. I don't want to say it's slim to none. We just don't know. But the plan is to not take anybody out. What I can promise somebody is if they come in or they come in with their spouse and their kids and one of them has that happen to them, one it would just be that one person who would go out of the plan. It wouldn't be the advisor. Number two, they are going to know in plenty of time. So they are going to know by early November, whether if something crazy happens and they're not renewed. And that way they'll have a full two months to go right back to the ACA open market plan or whatever they were on. So they're not going to find out with a couple of weeks and then have to scramble. We're going to give them plenty of time before they know. But again, our goal is, is that we're not going to kick anybody out, but technically and legally we can. And I just want to make sure people know that. You said something about November and, you know, open enrollment comes in at the end of every year. It's a period of time in my household that we, not to say I dread it because my wife handles it. She does a great job, but she knows when that time comes, she's going to be on the phone for four or five hours. You raise our premium again, but we're losing coverage. We're not really sure. And she's got to go through that matrix. We call it like a matrix of what have you gained? What have you lost? Those kinds of things. So there's no open enrollment period. So this plan is open all year long. The okay. first effective date is April 1, but advisors can come and licensed staff can come in all year long. And the effective date is the first of every month. Now our renewal period, which is when our new rates will come out, hopefully they haven't changed. And that I think is going to be one of the huge benefits of this plan, right? Because of the health questions, we do not expect any kind of big jump in premiums. So as our rates are staying low, the rest of the country continues to skyrocket. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be what we think is one of the beauties of our plan. But there is an open enrollment period. It's all year long. Our renewal period will really start in November. So people will start to know in November, okay, have my rates changed at all for 1-1-2022? So that will be the renewal period. One of the questions that came up with an advisor client that I'm working on now, and I had them already go to the site and all that, and I invited I know I probably had 20 or 30 clients on the Zoom call that you all did last week. Last Thursday, you had like 2,000 people on it or something. It was phenomenal. It's our um, biggest live event ever. So, And we're having another one this Thursday because 
I misled people. I said, we we're going to stay on this call until every question is answered. And after an hour and 15 minutes, we still had about 500 questions that weren't answered. So we did not expect that size. So we are having another webinar this Thursday. I signed out after about an hour and a half. I was like, all right, I got I to go. <laughs> I recorded it so we can go back to it. How does the service side of it work? So someone said, well, yeah, but the problem is it's like Obamacare. There's no one to talk to. Like you can't call anybody. You can't, there's no one to talk to. You basically go to the website and figure it out on your own. How wrong or right is that? It's wrong. So a couple of ways. Let's talk about as you're enrolling and let's talk about afterwards. So as you're enrolling, it's true. You cannot pick up a phone and call somebody because again, we've had in seven days, I want to say 10,000 People come to the site. We've had 5,000 people check their rates and we've already had hundreds enroll, which is awesome. But that's a lot of people. There's not a call center in the country that's going to be able to handle that level of phone calls that come in. And like the ACA, you can't do anything. You've got to go on and just do it yourself. There's nobody. With us, you can chat, live chat with a licensed insurance professional. So what they have to do is they come onto our homepage. Within seconds, they get their instant rates. That takes them to another screen. It shows them there are three deductible levels, $2,500, $5,000, and $10,000 deductible levels. At the bottom of that page, there's a big blue button that says, click here to create an account. You're not locking yourself in. We're not going to share your information with anybody. That's right in the FSI laws. We're never going to do that. They create an account. As soon as they take that 30 seconds to create an account, a couple of things are going to happen. One, they're going to find one of the fanciest, most robust FAQ pages that you can ever see. It's beautiful. It's searchable. The other thing, too, is they're going to see a purple circle pop up at the bottom of the page. That is a chat icon. From 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern, they can click that purple circle, and they can live chat almost any question they have with a licensed insurance professional. So is it a phone call? No. But can they sit there and type in any question they want? The only thing we're not going to give them advice on is tax advice, right? You need a tax ID to get in. That's all we're going to tell you. We're not going to tell you how to set something up. We're not going to tell you how to run your business. They're not CPAs. But when it comes to the plans, they're going to answer any question that you have. So right there, you can get all your questions answered. Once they're in, they're going to have their own portal in the AMPS website. Probably one of those common ones is they're going to call the doctor's office and they're going to say, okay, we're not in PHCS. We don't know what AMPS is. We don't take this. And then they should say, okay, call this number. And almost all of them are going to say, fine, we'll call the number and everything's going to be fine. But some of them are going to go, well, we're not going to call the number. We just don't take this. Okay. That's when you call AMPS and you can talk to a live person, normal business hours. You can ask them questions on a bill you got. You can ask them any of those questions. They will call the doctor's office for you and they'll say, our insurance number, take it. And I don't want you to think this only happens on our program. I can tell you just a year ago, I had a sinus infection. So I go to our ENT. My insurance is through Blue Cross, but it's called in Virginia, Healthy Blue. And for 15 minutes, that front office worker argued with me that they didn't take our insurance. And I'm sitting there thinking, do you see that symbol? It's Blue Cross. Well, no, we take Blue Cross, but we don't take this. And finally, I finally convinced her after 15 minutes, just call the number. So she said, okay, fine, I'll call it. And I went back and waited 10 minutes later. So now we're 25 minutes into this thing. And I'm beyond the time I'm supposed to go into the doctor. She says, oh, I'm sorry. We actually do take this insurance. Of course you do. It's Blue Cross. So it happens. But I would say just have them call the number. And if they won't call you, call AMPS. They'll call the doctor. 
but you can call AMPS for almost anything you want. If you have questions on your billing, if you have questions, if something's covered, just give them a buzz and they'll tell you. If you have a doctor check question on PHCS, call them, they'll talk to you. It's just during the enrollment period, you can live chat with somebody, but there's just no way we could have a call center big enough for the level of volume and excitement we've got sure. around this plan. It's impossible. This has been a great conversation for me. It comes up often because we run an HR and payroll service for financial advisors, right? And one of the issues that we deal with is we don't provide healthcare. They have to either get it on their own or go through a PEO, which is pricier. And you're sort of like a dual employee of another company. When you rolled this out, this was awesome because it's been something that the industry's really needed and wanted for a long time. So I appreciate your time. I'd like to just tell your viewers too. It's not just healthcare. We started our covered advisor program seven years ago, and now we're in the top 10 biggest group plans in the country. So if you're thinking about going independent, you're already independent, especially if you're thinking about going independent and you already have your healthcare paid for you, your long-term disability paid for you, your term life paid for you, and you're looking at a whopping amount of money that you're going to have to start paying if you're going independent. Maybe it's two, three grand a month. We have all that for you at rates you can't find on the open market. So Frank gave you one website, that's advisorhealthplan.org. That's healthcare only. If you want to see healthcare and everything else, it's going to be an extra click for healthcare. Go to FSI, Frank Sam Independent Benefits.com, FSIbenefits.com. When you get there, put in a generic special access code, it's all caps, FSI, the number four ME. So FSI for me, and you're going to get access to the healthcare our group and individual long-term disability, our group term life and AD&D, critical illness and accident insurance. And I can tell you that group long-term disability, especially, I don't care if an advisor sells insurance, they're not going to be able to touch it on the open market at all. It's probably going to be an eighth of your costs and what you pay on the open market. So it is seriously inexpensive. It's all through Prudential is our carrier. It's the best group term, long-term disability and term life plan on the market. And I mean, the money you're going to see with the healthcare, we can go up to $35,000 a month in income protection. Even if you don't want that much, go protect your income somewhat. Use some of that savings, even if it's 50 or hundred bucks a month and protect that income because you don't know what's going to happen. We've already got 8,000 members into those plans. And that's the same thing. You need a CRD number and a tax ID number. It's basically the same thing, but you absolutely do need that CRD number to get in. Again, licensed staff can get in too. If you have unlicensed staff, we have a staff, we have a bundled package for them. So it's a bundle of up to $5,000 a month in long-term disability, short-term disability, which comes in handy all the time for things like maternity leave for your staff, and up to $50,000 in term life and AD&D. And we've got 2,000 staff advisors in that plan, even though we can't even market to them because we don't know who they are. And most of those are being paid for by the advisor. They're paying for that benefit. So if you're, there's no medical questions, there's no age banding, it's a guaranteed issue for those staff. And what we're finding is advisors are always complaining. I have a horrible time recruiting quality staff. As soon as I recruit quality staff, they're taken away because they get benefits somewhere else. Now, if your staff is making 50 grand a year, that monthly premium is $43 a month. That's it. And instead of paying $199, which is the advisor dues at FSI, it's 49 bucks a year for a staff member. You can go pay for that, give them a great benefits package, and start to retain and recruit those quality staff. So I definitely go to FSIbenefits.com, use that special access code FSI for me, and check that stuff out too. That's like a mic drop moment right there. Like, 
boom, you can get all that stuff. If you had a mic, I'd be like, drop the mic and walk out. <laughs> get it all. We want yep. you in for everything. I talk to thousands of advisors and so many of them don't know this. So I really appreciate you coming on. I'm going to try to get this out to as many advisors as we possibly can and just get the word out that this is out there. So Chris, I really appreciate this. Speaking on behalf of my clients, the financial advisors, we thank you for doing something like this. This is something that's been needed for a long time. It's really exciting. And I hope for my clients and those of you that aren't my clients yet, you want to be my clients, great. But if those of you that are in the independent space and looking for something, you need to look out, reach out to Chris. Well, not Chris, but go to the website and look into this because there's substantial savings here. The benefits that they put together are tremendous. So with that said, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it. For my listeners, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and smash that like button on iTunes and go to our YouTube channel, Riser Talk with Frank LaRosa, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Chris, thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.